Coming up tonight, we begin by discussing fishing on the high seas, some destinations you should visit, and the types of people you see on Instagram. Then we get into the week's tech news, including Tumblr's Tumble, Uber's Lost Billions, the launch of the Apple Card, and why Dish may be your new cell phone provider. Stick around, it's all starting right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 250, recorded August 12th, 2019. Sester Centennial. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and who else but you. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys who have somehow survived 250 hours. With me, it is Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, welcome back. Good evening. What's up? Howdy, howdy. I feel, I feel like we should have called the gadgets, the internet, and us. And uh, It really like, is. Mostly. <laughs> it's that's basically all about us. Yeah. Our hijinks. Do you know I still get charged for the damn phone number we never use? And I just have not gotten around to canceling it? Classic. What a way. We still pay $50 a year for that sweet .io domain name. That's true. I, and I do, I believe, although I think this is the, the year I finally canceled it, um, I was still paying for changemo.de. So I think I think we're, we're very bad at canceling our recurring charges. Changemo day. Yep, so if anyone wants to buy it off me, it's very cheap. You can have it. We're not using it. What's uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to log into Amazon to uh, figure out what my pick is. Okay, that's good. Starting early? Yep. It's been, a, it's been a couple weeks since we were last together. I know. We had uh, some, uh, some emergency skips we did we did we were on a roll there we did like five or six in a row and then we just kind of took a we took a holiday we took a summer holiday yeah i think that's fair have you guys actually got been able to get out and enjoy any of the summer this summer because i feel like i haven't i feel like i've barely been outside which is good i like that but you know i went fishing on a boat this weekend (laughs) in the ocean huh yes yes why i caught six fish none of them were large enough to to keep so they are all still in the ocean Uh, what kind of fish uh some were fluke so some you didn't mean to catch (laughs) (laughs) some you just got lucky exactly okay but what kind of fish flat ones they're the ones that have eyes on on one side both eyes on one side Okay. And then uh, some were sea robins, which are weird looking. And yeah, they kind of look like uh, birds, but fish. Are you sure you weren't like at a carnival where you pay <laughs> to like, you know, if you get the little duck out of the pond, you win a prize? I don't know. It's unclear. <laughs> it, it sounds very suspicious, but like anything could. <laughs> I think that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, it was sort of fun. I just got back from the great wilderness of Rochester, New York. Whoa, and you survived? And I, I survived. Damn. It was a whole 10 degrees cooler up there. It felt pretty nice. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Went to a wedding. Then I was sick. And then I was tired. So tired. We were all and, together, uh, all three of us, at, at, our fr- at co-host and, and friend of the show Matt's wedding. I mean, I, we, that's right. We haven't done a show since then. Yep, we were so sick of seeing each other that we needed a break. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw each other in, in person for like 12 hours, and it was too much. <laughs> Shut it down. Uh, and we had a very nice time, I thought. I had fun. It was at Wachusett Mountain, a place I've been dozens of times before, but never for a wedding. <laughs> we, we dramatically missed the chairlift. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did. I, I will say it was a lot of fun. It was great to see you. It was good to see Matt. I mean, Matt got married. That's a, the co-host of Up for Debate, illustrious And Game co-host. Nights. Mm-hmm. And Game Nights. Which does still exist, right. technically. Erstwhile um, Dungeon Master, and, Matt Mariani. And we met some fans. <laughs> That's, That's true. Oh, my gosh. Wait, we need to schedule Mike onto the show. Yeah. Mike Kurtz, a good, good friend, fan of the show, was there. 
Yeah. It was previous uh, previous guest TJ was there. Yep. Yeah. Remember when we used to have guests? <laughs> I'd love to look back and see the last time we had a guest on the show. Uh, Episode I'd, twelve. I'd not to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh boy. Man, it was great getting getting you uh, city guys out into the country. Yeah. So so all that said, I feel like I have between Rochester and the, that wedding and Fire Island. Next week is Pittsburgh, or rather this weekend is Pittsburgh. The weekend after that, I'm going camping. The weekend after that, I'm going back upstate. The weekend after that, I'm going to St. Louis. The weekend wow. after that, I'm going home to visit my mom. Wow. wow. I'm going to stop complaining about how busy my summer is, because Dan's is way busier. All right, Dan, let me ask you this. Okay. What is the best place you've ever visited outside of New England? In the world? Uh, give me a world answer and give me a U.S. answer. Because you've, cause you've uh, traveled you, a lot. The U.S. answer is easier. Okay. I feel like the, easily Colorado. Okay. Um, Oregon was fun, too. But I think Colorado takes the cake. The most... What was the word you used? Most fun? No, no. Best? Just, no, the best. The like overall that. best. Like, if I was like, Dan, I just won a trip on The Price is Right, and I can pick any place to go, where would you send me? Where mm. would I send you? Okay, I should say a generic person. I'm very different. Oh, no, 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 no. I need some, I <laughs> okay. need some constraints. Pick me. Pick me. The guy uh, who doesn't want to go send, anywhere. I think you, you would like Ireland because it's, like, it's pretty naturally beautiful, but it's not that sunny and hot. Um, Everyone there speaks English. Not, everybody speaks English. That's a big plus. Small. And I don't know. You're a man who likes beer. There's lots of interesting beer things to do there. I think it, it, like it's not it's not typically a vacation that you know unless you're gonna go to the Dublin Club. It's not something that gets really you know. That's not why people go to Ireland. So I I would recommend Ireland for just anyone. I don't know. I, I will say my favorite place probably was berlin but i don't think it's a place that you would like Sean. Mm, i understand that I, understand. I did really like um london was actually one of the few places i've been traveling that i actually did like i wish i could have spent more time uh yeah i am told been told by many people that i got the wrong impression of london so i'm not gonna weigh in what impression did you get that it was too big and just kind of you know, just like New York, but worse. Sorry. Sorry, Londoners. But uh, but I am told by, by people that I respect a great deal that that is the incorrect take. Um, and so that I it, experience London incorrectly. Is it like New York, but better? <laughs> is it not like New York at all? I would say that it, that it is possible to experience a London where it's not like New York at all, and I did not do that. I see. Yeah, because you live in New York, so that's kind of... For me, it was a thrill, because it was like, oh, it's like New York here, but kind of different. Like, I can handle <laughs> right. that. That's approachable the for people me. people are uh, mean in a really different way, where it seems like they're being nice. Mm. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, everything here is so clean and respectful. Nice. <laughs> I got disabused of that notion in my first hour of London, where I, was, I, I took the train from the airport to the city and then I was taking a bus from there to where I need to go and a guy got off the bus dropped his trousers and peed as soon as he got off the that's, bus see that's like awesome right that's look <laughs> at like 11am <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's local flavor yeah sure I guess what that they you know piss and vinegar or something is that what they put, put in the fish and chips yes sure. yep <laughs> They gotta get it somewhere. Well, that that would be what I recommend. Why do you ask? Is this just a fun question? Yeah, you just uh, just vacation. You're you're one of the more traveled individuals I know. Again, I I once had somebody uh, I once had somebody look at your Instagram page and they said, "Wow, this guy seems really cool." And I said, <laughs> "I said no, it's one of those Instagram things. I mean, he is, but it's one of those Instagram things where it's like he only." post the interesting parts of his life so it's a little yeah and as a result i post like if it weren't for my april of posting pictures i would have posted probably twice this year yep, <laughs> yep. if you if you saw mine it would just be pictures of animals that's my entire instagram i feel like there's a couple of different instagram like 
genres. There's like me, I post pictures of landscapes. You mm-hmm. post pictures of animals. There's a lot of people like both of us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much all I log is. on for. And selfies. You know, I think selfies is kind of a. I don't. I don't know if I know any Instagram selfies though. Like that's a that seemed like a Facebook, Snapchat stories kind of thing. Not not a uh, Instagram. It's, like, it's you think a, so? The thing. Am I well, not the right people? Yeah. There's also like the couple version of selfies is like people post pictures of each other, which is like a selfie, but you're in a pair, so you don't have to take the picture yourself. Uh, they put wait, 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 hang on, explain this. They post pictures of each other, but not yeah, or together, not, or they do a selfie together. But like that's a thing. Oh yeah, for it's sure. Very I know a lot of I know Posting, a lot of people. So like that. it's just like people who are in a uh, partnership of some kind, they post pictures of the other person. And of themselves yeah, or together. Like, or themselves together. Okay. But right. but taking it just a picture of the other person is not uncommon. Correct. I yes. Interesting. Like, or the other person doing a thing is like, wow, we're eating ice cream right now. Boom. Selfie. Sort of. Instagram post? Yeah. Right. I've seen really that. really have a lot to learn. You got brought in your circle. Now I have maybe I should ask you guys. Have you ever seen an Instagram like followed someone on Instagram and then like been worried about them? Because I, there's someone, uh, and I won't call them out, there's an individual who I follow on Instagram who only posts pictures of them at breweries drinking beer flights. And I'm kind of getting worried because there, I know there are a lot of breweries out there, but they're always at a different one, and I don't know how this is possible. Mm. It's too much. Yeah. And it's like every weekend. Gotta have hobbies, I guess. Yes, that's some people's hobby. <sighs> It's I don't not, know, man. Not healthy, man. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, the, what you should be, uh, you know, experimenting with for your diet. Drinking more beer? Yeah. I tried. It didn't. That's the problem. Again, I go on the diet and then I end up just drinking more beer. Because what I do <laughs> is, and this is true because I'm on a diet, I can't do it. So I'll, on a normal week, I'll have like beer one night a week, maybe two. But then it's like, Oh, that's right. I'm on a diet, so I have like coarse light or like a light beer. I can have one every diet night, and it's like, but I wouldn't have drinking this much anyway. You know, that's like, that's like, oh, if I just have like a handful of pretzels instead of eating out of the bag, but it's like I probably wouldn't have eaten pretzels if I hadn't thought I can eat less of them. It's a weird problem to have. I'm not a normal person. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I don't. Here's my gripe with Instagram. There are some people I follow on Instagram who I exclusively want to get their story. Mm. And there are some people I follow or people or accounts. Let's broadly say accounts. And there are some people I want to, I follow on Instagram who I only want to get their posts, but there's no way for me to do that. And I have like, I can't, if there's like a red dot, I have to click it and make it go away. So like I watch everyone's story all the time. Wait, where is there a red dot? It's not a red dot, but like the circles are highlighted up at the top. Oh, I do not watch everyone's story. Good for you. You shouldn't. And I've only once ever seen the little thing that says you're all caught up on Instagram. Oh, Oh, really? really? How many people do you follow? Uh, Like a lot? That's a good question. I don't think so. I just like I follow 314, no, 376 people. That's a lot. I'm only at 130. I need more friends. I mean, maybe you're doing it right though cuz uh, I definitely miss stuff. But because of this, I like Twitter. I like the the relevant tweets, relevant posts first thing. I will say when I'm watching something like like uh, the debates I turn it on to most recent tweets first, but usually I like usually I like that better. And it works for Instagram too. I think it's I'm Ram, not a completionist. I think Instagram's algorithm works really well. I give them a lot of credit because like in the stories, for example, if you I don't know how it works if you open all of them, but if you only open some of them all the time, it'll like put the ones you open most often first and the ones you never open last. Interesting. And that uh, works maybe. great. Maybe that's what I need to do is uh, start training it instead of trying to fight fight the system. 
Yep, because there are some accounts like I only want to read. Are you training it or is it training you? Oh, no, it's learning. That's the question. <laughs> Always the question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know, Dan. But Instagram, how do we get here? Uh, well, we, well, we are segueing into our tech news of the week, I imagine. We sure are, Dan. Thanks for that. While you guys are perusing the... We got like three weeks worth of news here to talk about. While you pick a story, I want to thank everybody who's watching us live right now on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash show and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash don't panic show uh if you're watching us live thank you we do it monday nights about 10 15 eastern uh please comment we'll be watching all show long and we may bring up your comments on the show all right guys so much to now, discuss. just so you know sean i added one story and i, I, I have saw. another one that i think we should talk about okay I have a well i know the, the one you added was kind of a late breaking story which is great i'm glad yeah. where you've added it and whatever you got hey look you guys steer the ship here okay you are the captains okay. of this of the show now, okay, so then here's here's something I want to talk to you about this, Sean, because I think you'll oh, have an interesting take. Okay, great. The, no pressure. The, the thing with Microsoft's, at least I'm pretty sure it's Microsoft's, uh, live streaming service, Mixer, paying mm. the ninja guy from Twitch a bajillion dollars to, to stream on their platform, even though no one uses their platform. And even though he, you know, from the reports I read, took a pretty big uh, viewership hit. And I was, I imagine just a direct revenue from streaming hit as a result, you know, the probably the bazillions of dollars he was given aside. So, you know, I've read stories about how maybe this is a play by Microsoft to, like, you know, build a media platform before they launch their new. Can you believe we've been doing this show for an entire video game generation before they launch no. their new. Uh, uh, video game, next generation video game console, but to me it seemed like, you know, he's, his whole business is his brand and, like, ha being famous and having people, like, I don't know what to compare it to. I know um, exactly what to compare it to. Oh, what, what would you compare it to? I know you guys are big Zion Williamson fans. Who? Zion Williamson? I really don't know who that is. The Duke basketball star recently drafted number one overall into the NBA, now going to play on the New Orleans Pelicans. The reason I bring him up is because him and several of the other uh, college stars going to the NBA, there was a big talk around shoe deals. It's all about the shoe deal and the oh, shoe yes. money. And apparently, was it... Gotta get, to, gotta get in a big shoe. On it, well, you laugh, but, you know, I, I think it was a Chinese company that no one's ever heard of, and was it Puma or Adidas was going to offer him more, and he took less money to go with Nike and the sub uh, Air Jordan brand um, because of the name cachet that went with it and to be part of the Nike family. That's, to me, a good analogy for this where... It's more about the person. That. You you buy the person to use your platform. You buy the person to use your shoes. That's essentially what you're doing. And if Mixer wants to get on the map and you've got Microsoft money, you get the biggest guy out there to come and use your platform. Oh, that makes sense to me. But like he is making like a million dollars a year from what I read or more. Sure. Which we, and it seems to me like he would be putting in in jeopardy. What I would be worried about is that, like, the reason that I can make a million dollars a year, which in my mind is worth, I don't know how much he was given, but right, but like, I can't imagine it was fifty million dollars, right? Like, the ability to make a million dollars a year is more important to me. Like, you'd have to offer me a pretty big sum of money for me to jeopardize that, or be like, well, you know, maybe I won't make a million dollars a year anymore. And because, because it's such a such a like flash in the pan pop culture thing, or if you're just out of it for a while over streaming on Mixer to you know fifty thousand people instead of your normal five hundred thousand, I would worry that I'd, I'd lose some of those sponsorships. I wouldn't get invited onto you know This Morning America and all the other stuff he did. Well, I, maybe another another like take on it is like a it's it, like you said it's a flash in the pan like sort of like in vogue like he's the fancy boy right now but like <laughs> will he be the fancy boy for um i know i know nothing about this person um 
like, will he be that popular indefinitely? Like, maybe not. So, like, I don't know. If Microsoft offers you, like, $7 million, I, I don't know. I also don't know how much money it was. But, like, mm-hmm. if they offer you a good chunk of change right now, like, maybe it's worth it to take just because, like, you it know, could all a guaranteed... Be right. A guaranteed many million dollars is, like, it's a sure thing rather than uh, uh, maybe you continue to make a million dollars a year forever. Well, right. but I don't know. And I sort of think about this idea where it's, and, and YouTubers now I've read are facing a similar problem with is, are they owned by the platform, right? Can they be successful in places that aren't YouTube? Some have been, I, I can't, honestly, I never know any of these people's names, but I know there are like a few big cooking stars on YouTube who have now published cookbooks and they've sort of branded mm. outside of, of YouTube. I like to think, and I think it's, none of us would argue, Ninja is the biggest name in esports, the one with the biggest crossover appeal, at least, to people mm-hmm. who don't know mm-hmm. stuff about, mm-hmm. if you know any esports gamer, you know this guy. And so, right. that is the one guy who I think can get away with switching. Um, and and it, it reminds me a lot of actors, where you think of child actors, and we all watch Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter, and we're like, this guy's never going to have a career after this, he's just going to be Harry Potter forever. And no, he ended up turning into, you know, a great actor, and he's been in many other things. But for every Daniel Radcliffe, there's a Haley Joel Osment or a Macaulay Culkin who never really did anything after their young success. So I don't give I give him credit for being willing to branch out and prove to everyone that he's more than just the Twitch guy. Um, he's his mm-hmm. own brand, and and you have to be able to do that on places that aren't Twitch. Yeah, I don't know if it'll right. work for him. I mean, I'm sure he right. crunched the numbers, and whatever Microsoft's paying him has to be something good. You also have to remember, Twitch uh, Microsoft has a broader reach. They own Xbox. And so I would think, again, I don't know the deal they struck. There's got to be more cross-marketing opportunities for him in the Microsoft family than there is in the Twitch family. Mm-hmm. That's just a guess. You know, I'm yeah. sure he'll be at E3 at, with the Xbox guys. And I'm sure, you know, as they get more to PC, you know, exploding PC gaming and, and Xbox One cross-play and all this stuff, I'm sure they'll use him for more than just Mixer. Would be my guess. All right, I feel I feel uh, satisfied. I, some I mean, things. who knows? I mean, look, there's a lot of uh, stories where things like this haven't worked out. You know, for all right. I know, some other guy will come up on Twitch because everyone's on Twitch, and Mixer will never think of how many Microsoft products they've dumped a ton of money into that never went anywhere. Right. So, and Xbox Mixer's been around one. for a while. It's not a new product. Mixer's been around for years. We're only hearing about I it didn't now. Know that. Because, um, yeah, nobody used it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, that's the idea. Sometimes you can buy your way into success, and sometimes you can't. Fair enough. Good story. Uh, good story. Okay, let's talk about... Here, I've got some... Uh, I've got a taxonomy to propose. Ready? Oh, boy. Let's talk about all the money stories next. Okay. Break it down. Uh, we've got... We'll start... We'll go... We'll go top down. Ah, no, we'll go bottom up. All right. I'll do my, ne- my next story. Tumblr sold again. Again? And for a fraction of a fraction of the price, we talked <laughs> We talked on this show back in 2017. Uh, well, what did... So, here we go. Yahoo bought Tumblr in 2013 for $1.1 billion. Verizon acquired it in 2017 for... This article, for some reason, does not say what it bought it for in 2017. Which is annoying. So now I'm going to have to look it up. But, um, oh no, they got it as part of the Yahoo acquisition. So it didn't have mm-hmm. its own price. They Verizon paid $4.5 billion for Yahoo total. So think of it that way. Um, but Verizon could never quite figure out what to do with Tumblr. Uh, there was a big controversy uh, previously where they decided to take um, ban adult content on the platform that we talked about previously on the show. That uh, definitely hurt their user base. Uh, Verizon has now gone ahead and sold Tumblr for reportedly less than $3 million um, to Automatic, which is the company that owns uh, WordPress. Uh, Apparently, they've indicated that they intend to keep Tumblr as is. They're not going to change anything immediately. Um, So who knows exactly the future of Tumblr at this point. Hmm. Yeah. Well, once again, so... It seems like not only is on the so on the one hand, 
uh, getting acquired by Yahoo is kind of a death sentence. But on the other hand, if you get sold by Yahoo, you seem to end up in a kind of nice place. You got the what was that? That two? What's that website? Two hundred PX. The the like high end photo people acquired Flickr, and now the WordPress people mm. are applying Tumblr, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um. So yeah, but Yahoo slash Verizon certainly lost a lot of money on this. Yeah, a, a stunning amount, frankly. I think the most striking part of this uh, article for me was that I noticed the uh, content of the URL, which is tumblr-verizon-sold-wordpress-blogging-yahoo-adult-content. Wow, that's like an SEO like explosion. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's my new band name. <laughs> Catchy. Yeah, uh, I don't. I... Yeah, that's that's a whole other side story, which. From what I understand, there are two parts of this. I'm not... I, I don't entirely understand, because I was never big in the Tumblr culture. But from what I understand, there's a lot of, like, fandom-y alternative content on Tumblr. And then when the... I don't understand how this is related. There's the acts that were passed in Congress in 2017, I think, called SESTA and FOSTA, which from what I understand, have something to do with, like, buying and selling, uh, you know, sex on the internet, but can't... Something to do with that act made Verizon then be like, well, we're just gonna, like, put uh, like not allow any of such content on Tumblr, but in doing so, they cut out a lot of the, the diehards' favorite stuff, because if, you know... It had female nipples showing, now it's not allowed, which is, like, a little bit uh, over the top. But then WordPress announced, not announced, someone, the CEO of WordPress said today that he was not looking to change that ruling. So, I don't know if, like, there's a theory that because they blocked all those things, they, they that's why all the people left Tumblr, and that's why the, the value of it went down. I don't know if that's true, but... They are not looking to reverse that. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, my prediction on this is that Tumblr is just a technology and an underlying platform they're buying, um, and eventually it will cease to exist as its own thing. I mean, I just don't. It, it's a for all the complaint we say about Facebook and Instagram always changing, they have evolved with the time, and Tumblr really hasn't. Tumblr is what Tumblr's always been, for better or worse. Um, and I don't see, I see the people who are there staying there, but I don't see people going back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. But three million is a bargain. Yeah. I haven't been on Tumblr in, I don't know. I definitely had an account once. That's cool. Fun yeah, fact. get on there. See who's hanging out on Tumblr. <laughs> I think if you log on, you probably up the value because you've what doubled the active user base. So I thought that was a funny joke. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what's what's our next financial story, Dan? All right, next up then is Uber's uh, little seat cushion change problem. Uber, uh, yes, the ride sharing app. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, lost $5.2 billion in the last three months. Yes, with a B, $5.2 billion. That's, uh, that's one, uh, that's one tumbler. that's five tumblers worth, back when it was worth a billion. Um, now, it, it's interesting, the stock actually went up when they announced it, uh, mostly because, uh, well, okay, so let me back up for a second here. Lyft also reported its earnings. Uh, they posted a loss of $644 million during the quarter. Um, but some details here. Um, what they actually lost, Uber actually lost only $656 million. Um, there was a one-time stock-based compensation payments of three point nine. everyone cashing out their options. Um, and they lost... Uh, um, and then when you adjust for EBITDA and things like that, it's not that much. Lyft lost $197 million. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Hey, there you go. Although sometime we got to start talking about pre-EBITDA. 
which is whoa is that like pre-crime it's it's actually pre-bonus ebitda mm. not as fun <laughs> you know quick aside i i still haven't picked up on like where this came from but a lot of people in the co-working space not people i work with have been talking a lot about pre-work recently pre-work uh-huh and i don't understand what is that it like is. eating Pre- your breakfast in the morning pre-work it's like the work before work. Is it like the work you need to do to prepare for the next work? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like a buzzword to me. Pre-work. Dan, you have to investigate this more. I don't understand what that yeah. is. Can you report back? Ask around. But but do it like real sly. I'll, I'll do some investigative journalism. Yes. Yeah, sidle up to the, the little spa water at the weird. Be like, whew, man. I had to do a lot of pre-work this morning. That's oh, exhausting. God, how about you? What do you do for pre-work? <laughs> you can do it. We believe in you. Um, but what's interesting is after these major losses, both companies' stock was up mainly because of the earnings. Uh, Lyft's earnings were up 72% from the year before, up to $876 million, beating uh, an estimate of 60%. Uber's revenue was also growing, though at a slower rate, up 14%, $3.1 billion for the quarter. Um yeah. Well, uh, interesting to know that uh, those headlines about the five billion were, yeah, a little dramatized. I just find it interesting um, that uh, that there are a bunch of Uber employees walking around with three point nine billion dollars in their pockets. <laughs> right. We're in the wrong business, yeah, guys. That's true. Well, no, we're in the right business, Sean. What no, are you, you two to- are in the right business. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess you don't have i guess none of us have to have working at uber on our conscience so that's true that's That's dirty money (laughs) very dirty money (laughs) yeah gross weird it's weird those are regardless those are still big numbers i keep forgetting that they're both public companies now too yep they're allegedly for real. Yeah, go figure. Um, and there's still the stock is up. So who knew? Guess the market doesn't mind. It just goes to show that the stock market is a stupid, stupid reference point, And it sucks that all of our financial well-being is tied to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Anyhow. All right. What's next? Uh, next up. We're plowing we're through these. Swing around, and like this is only tangentially related, but let's talk about the Apple Card. Ah, uh, Apple Card. No, it's not a greeting, get well soon card you give to somebody who ate too many apples. No, it's the credit card from the Apple Company. We talked about this oh. uh, at their spring announcement. Uh, they said it would arrive in August, and guess what? It's here. It's beginning a preview rollout, um, and it will become broadly available later this month. Uh, it's the new credit card in partnership with Goldman Sachs. Uh, Apple says a random selection of people who signed up to be notified about the card will be invited to sign up. Uh, the sign-up process requires iOS 12.4. Uh, you just have to enter your address, birthday, income level, and the last four digits of your social security number. That information is sent to Goldman Sachs, which will approve or decline your application in real time. It should take less than a minute. Um, once approved, your new card will show up in your Apple wallet immediately and will be available for use. You can request the fancy titanium card for free during setup, and it will arrive in the mail later. Um so there you go. Well, Once you're set up, you'll actually have three credit card numbers, a number assigned to your phone, a number assigned to the physical card, and a virtual number you can access uh, in the app for online merchants that don't take Apple Pay. Um, we talked a little bit about how this works um, earlier. Earlier in the spring. Now, there have I have seen a few sort of influencer-type people who managed to get their hands on this early, and the biggest criticism is that the uh, rates are out of control. People are getting hit with really high interest rates, even with pretty good credit. Um, it goes up to t- uh, 24% um, on the Ooh. APR, as low as 13 Wow. I mean, that's a lot of percents. It so is. We're going to take the, uh, the Apple Card Challenge. Is that its real name? Does it have an official name? It is Apple Card. Apple Card. Sorry. There's no the. There is no (laughs) articles in Apple. uh, Nope. It's not the the magic magic card. Although it was. The magic card. Wasn't it the new iPad for a while when they tried to drop the the air and the. The new iPad or was it just new iPad? (laughs) 
But see, new iPad sounds silly without the the. And just saying, like, hey, I got my new, uh, check out new iPad. That's how they actually talk about it. If you listen to these Apple executives, they, they say, check out new iPad. New iPad is out now. New iPad. We also have old iPad for less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is weak. Uh, so is anyone going to take the uh, Apple, sorry, is anyone going to take Apple Card Challenge? Absolutely not. No, no, because I don't. There's not enough of an. If I like didn't have a credit card at all, I would. But the um, the reward rates are pretty mediocre. Three percent cash back on any Apple transaction, Apple Store, App Store, all that. Two percent on any Apple Pay transactions. One percent everywhere else. Um, you know. So I, I, I'm it, thinking about it because, like, all things considered, you know, every couple of years I'm spending a couple thousand dollars on on Apple. Plus I use Apple Pay a lot and two percent is better than on is like on average, without having to think about it, better than a lot of other credit cards. Like yeah, it depends. yeah like right. Like you'll usually have like, oh now it's like three percent or five percent cash back on this category this month. But then like the rest of it is in my experience usually around one percent. Yeah, or you get the specialty card where it's always two or three percent, but on just entertainment or just flying or just groceries and household things or you know right right um yeah i guess if you're a heavy apple pay user it does it does make sense like i said the big question i'd be i'm you know i'm trust you have a good credit score dan Uh, i'd love to know what apr you get because that that's the big question mark for me if if i don't care how cool this is at 25 percent, that's bananas they they can't get away with that yeah But I think you should. Agreed. I think that sounds great. And you got to get the fancy titanium card. I hear it's very nice. Well, I, I just, I don't know if I would at that point. Maybe I would just to have it. But. Well, but it's cool because there's no credit card number on it. Right. You know, it's just like a piece of metal <laughs> that you just keep in your wallet. Nondescript piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, re- I remember when you talked about the first time being more interested than I feel right now. I don't know why that is. It's that Apple Keynote uh, high that you had going. <laughs> right. That I we all get sucked into. everything else, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see when it happens. We'll see. I use Apple Pay like a medium. I actually almost don't use Apple Pay very much at all because I have one of the credit cards that has the, the tappy thing built in now. Nice. Which is yeah, but- even easier than Apple Pay. Yeah, well, I don't know. Depends. Like for me, like the it's in my wallet. It's kind of like a tight wallet. It's hard to get out. I just have mine. Mine's in like the the top slot in my wallet, so it's just. All right. Well, then, then here, let, let me sell you on this, Colby. Uh, first of all, if you get in the habit of using it when you're in Europe, you don't have to sign for anything, which is that's true. Amazing. Secondly, they aren't getting your credit card number. That's true. Isn't that's probably why I was I was excited about it. No, wait, that's true of all Apple Pay though, not not right. just this. Yes. Yes. Mm. Okay, Dan. Right. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll use Apple Pay again. It's just I'm I'm the I like my two favorite Apple products from since the iPad, AirPods and Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. I agree with AirPods. I still go to places that don't accept uh, contactless payments is yeah, the problem. Yeah, me too. But I, I don't know. For you, uh, like, do you pay attention to the terminals that you use? Do I what? Pay attention to the payment terminals that you use. Because at this point, all of all the, even like you know, a diner has had to replace their terminal with one that accepts chip, and almost every single one of those accepts PIN. Or nope. uh, no? Nope. Nope. I mean, the number one, let me, I will just say the number one is gas stations. That's number one. There's no gas station on the planet that takes contactless payments, which is a pain in the ass. That's so weird. But yes, I I have been to small businesses that take credit cards, but do not accept contactless payments. Now, do they just say that or does their terminal actually not accept them? I've seen the terminals and I would be surprised if they did. But they do accept chip? Sometimes. I've seen chip without contactless payments. Yes, I have. 
right. No, no, no I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But honestly, the, the number one thing I found, and this is true because I finally got Apple Pay working on my new on my phone, and so I've been trying to use it more. And the honest, I totally agree with the security thing, but it, in terms of time savings, it takes exactly as long for me to pay with Apple Pay as it does with my credit card. Seriously, believe it or not. Mm, okay. Tell- no, I, I disagree. If you are using the chip, Apple Pay is faster. Nope. All right. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to have a showdown here. I refuse to accept this. We need an oh. impartial third because party. Because it still has to take the time to process. It's not like you it instantly it pays. So much- it doesn't, oh though. It's God. in your head. Because, because the phone's in your pocket, and you're not thinking about standing there. You wait for it to process whether the card is in there or not. That's the thing that takes the time. It takes the same time for me to get the wallet out and the card in as it does to get the phone out, double tap, get the face thing, and then do it. I'm telling you, I swear to God. I'm not making this we, up. We, we need to uh, side by side. Okay. All right. We need to do a science challenge, a yep. scientific I, experiment. I demand satisfaction. Okay. I'm going to look up on eBay. Can I get a credit card terminal right now? <laughs> we'll just get one of the square terminals and... Uh, you know, there's we'll, an idea. We'll, we'll we'll have a little or you and I will go to like some self side by side self checkouts and we'll buy some gum or something. And we'll see what goes faster. <laughs> a race. I like square it. contactless and chip reader. Thirty two eighty five. Oh, my God. Worth every penny. <laughs> but no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't I feel like these are much faster for both. It's those chunky. Yeah ones that are like you know they're kind of designed to be handheld but all the places in the united states just have them bolted to the side of the counter or whatever you know what i'm yep. talking about they're oh, yeah. they're way skinnier than the old credit card readers yeah those take forever with the chip it's like insert chip please wait please wait do not remove card do not i remove don't see card. truthfully though remove i don't see many card. of those i don't see many of those i see more of the I traditional all over uh, the place in new york well, what places are you shopping at, Dan? What what uh, what Even dark CBS alleyways? Does have one of those big ones? It still takes forever with the chip. No, because no, again, <laughs> I, right, no. yeah, okay, we'll come back to this. We have to follow right. up on this one. Okay, can you guess what the last what the last uh, money story is, Sean? Uh, here in our rundown, well. Uh, Every story we talk about has some kind of money aspect, Dan, so I would love to know. It's uh, T-Mobile and Sprint at the OK. They sure do. Um, let's talk about this. We've gone back and forth on the show for seems like years on this one, uh, but the United States Justice Department has approved the $26 billion merger deal between T-Mobile and Sprint. Um, it's ready to go. The FCC has already given their uh, provisional OK on it as well. Here's how they got it done. So uh, T-Mobile and Sprint will combine to create one carrier under the T-Mobile name. However, Dish, the television satellite company, will acquire Boost Mobile, Virgin Mobile, Sprint's prepaid business, and certain Spectrum assets from the two companies. This will position Dish as the replacement fourth carrier in the U.S. that will be lost once T-Mobile and Sprint merge. Now, the uh, the two companies, Sprint and T-Mobile, will be required to provide at least 20,000 cell sites and hundreds of retail locations to DISH. And the satellite TV provider will get unfettered access to T-Mobile's network for seven years as it works to build out a mobile network of its own using those acquired assets. Plus, Spectrum DISH has already owned for years. Twist. Isn't it? <laughs> That's weird. Uh, T-Mobile and Dish will also be required to support eSIM technology to make switching carriers easier. Um, eSIM. It is likely, uh, the deal is likely to be approved by the FCC, though that hasn't been done yet in an official vote. Um, and it will likely be sued uh, and go through the courts. So we'll see how long that takes. But at least the government has given it's okay. Who um, will sue? Um, I think already over a dozen state attorneys general have already filed a multi-state lawsuit to block the deal. Oh, look at you using it's, the correct plural. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the same thing they did when um, Time Warner and AT&T, when AT&T was trying to buy Time Warner. They did the same thing and failed. Right. So, um, yeah, that's the only way they could get away with the merger was creating a fourth carrier. They, the, do the, they? Yep. Do they... 
So wait, maybe I missed that part about the fourth carrier, but do they, have they explained how they're going to resolve the fact that T-Mobile and uh, Sprint use two completely different cell tower technologies? I, like, you cannot use a T-Mobile phone on a Sprint network or vice versa? Yeah, have it's they actually... Come... Sprint is more similar to Verizon. The... No, they haven't come out and said it in that way, but their main argument has been in merging, we'll be able to roll out 5G faster, where it doesn't make a difference because they're rolling out a new network. I don't, yeah. I mean, this one, like I said, Dish has access to T-Mobile for seven years. That gives you an idea of how long they think this merger is going to take to get 100% completely done and for Mm, Dish to be up and running. I just want to know... I feel like my T-Mobile service has not been great recently. Oh. I don't know why. And if this will fix that, then great. Theoretically, I for me, the interesting thing is, is Dish, obviously, because we have an idea of the service T-Mobile and Sprint at least currently provide. The interesting yeah. thing about Dish is not only are they acquiring those cell sites, the retail locations, access to T-Mobile's network for seven years, but Dish years, I mean, this was five or ten years ago, bought a, a chunk of Spectrum at one of the auctions, and everyone said, what does Dish want with it? And they just held on to it. And so I'm curious what sort of coverage they will be able to get um, and what sort of technology, because they're starting from scratch, what they'll be able to roll out, um, especially because they will own the Boost Mobile Virgin Mobile names um, Mm -hmm. as well as Sprint's prepaid business. So they'll have a foundation from which to build off of. Will you ever actually buy Dish branded phones? Will it have a different name? Will it be under a Boost Mobile Virgin Mobile name? I have no idea. But to me, that's the big question is what does Dish turn into? Because frankly, I agree with you, Colby. I don't know how they're going to merge T-Mobile and Sprint, and that might be a big opportunity for Dish if they dump a ton of money and effort into this thing and to go past T-Mobile and Sprint uh, if they can provide a better network faster. Yeah. Good sleuthing, Sean, or good memory. With what? Sean knows. Oh, the Spectrum thing? The Spectrum thing. But people, Dish has been wanting to get into cell phones for years. Years and years and years, and they never had a way to do it because just owning the Spectrum isn't enough. It's just way too expensive to put up all the cell towers and build a brand from scratch. So they they were itching Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, And like I said, the the Justice Department wasn't going to approve this only going down to three major carriers in the U.S. They just weren't. And so T-Mobile and Sprint basically had to beg Dish and give them all this stuff to become the fourth carrier. Mm. So Interesting. Yeah. Now, what happens if, like... Something goes terribly wrong. Well, like, what if, like, Dish goes out of business or something in three years? Well, they certainly could. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> anything's possible. Frankly, you know, we live in an age where businesses are, frankly, too big to fail. So mm-hmm. I, 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 would, I agree with you surprised. But this does bring back some memories of, and this was a little bit before our time, but the Sprint Nextel merger years and years mm-hmm. and years ago. Two companies with completely different technologies in their systems and it took they wrote off billions on that deal and it took them a decade to get out from under the disaster of trying to merge those networks together it was a terrible merger so could this end up like that who knows but um we'll we'll have to see i'm not surprised they're keeping the t-mobile name um i think that's got more cachet in the u.s at the moment than sprint yeah yeah and other places the interesting thing i don't think sprint is in any other countries but t-mobile definitely is right Right. The interesting thing to me is I don't know why Dish just didn't buy Sprint. That tells me there's something maybe sketchy about Sprint that Dish thinks it would be easier to just go off and do it on their own. Hmm. So. Fascinating. Will be interesting to see. Will be very interesting to see. Okay. Any other stories we really want to get to here, guys? Or should we move on to picks? Let's move on. Rolling on over to picks. Lots of great news. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in. Uh, Zach left some nice comments in the Twitch chat, but we're on such a delay that it doesn't matter what he said. Thank you for commenting anyway. Um, Way too late for that. It matters. It doesn't matter. Your comments are useless. Um, (laughs) Day late and a dollar short. Let's uh, do some picks here. I'll go first because I am picking a beverage. Uh, Have you guys had Spindrift before? I have. So uh, 
I've talked previously about I'm trying to be better about my diet. And one of the issues I have is I like soda. Soda is tasty and I like it. Um, I like it's bubbly and it's sweet and it's cold and it's in a can and I like it. It's the same with beer. I like I like those things and I'm trying to replace them with something healthier. I don't like flavored sparkling water because the flavoring is really artificial tasting and I don't care for it because it says it tastes like lemon lime, but it doesn't. It tastes like lemon lime syrup and I don't want that. So I found Spindrift, which it's new and it's catching on. You can get into most supermarkets. I've, that's what I've been drinking this evening is my little Spindrift right here. Um, oh, I've seen those. Yeah, it's sparkling water, but with real fruit juice in it. It's not flavoring. It's real. It's like, depending on what flavor you get, it's anywhere from 3 to 7% actual fruit juice. The variety I'm having this evening is the half tea, half lemon, Arnold Palmer style. Um, the lemon is great. The grapefruit is very good. Most of the flavors are good. Um, but what's wonderful is each can is anywhere from zero to, I think, nine calories at the most. Uh, usually zero sugars, certainly zero added sugars. Um, it's just tasty, sparkling water that tastes better than the artificially flavored stuff. So um, if you're looking for a uh, different beverage to mix up your beverage routine, it's cold, it's bubbly, it's a little bit sweet, it's in a can. It's like soda, but good for you. It's Spindrift. Um, get it at a store near <laughs> you. I, the lemon is probably my favorite, followed by the grapefruit. If you're looking for a place to start, those are really great. Hmm. And they've got, like, yeah. eight flavors. I've had this, like, this has been around, like, your, your like, artisanal sandwich shops and things. Oh, yeah. In the Boston area for for several years now. I remember trying it for the first time and expecting seltzer and getting. <laughs> Not seltzer. <laughs> yeah, like, a different thing. And I was sort of upset by it the first time. Um, well, but how I would you think... describe the taste? It's just like it's not like seltzer water with flavoring. It's like sort of like a thing. It's good. It's it's a similar to seltzer water in that it's a very muted like flavor. It's not like it doesn't taste bland. like fruit juice. Yeah, right. It doesn't taste like juice. It doesn't taste like a soda, um, but it tastes more. It tastes closer to juice than seltzer does. Um. But yeah, I think I've had it a couple of times recently and it is growing on me. I tried the lemon one and I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember what the first one I had was. It was probably the grapefruit or the blackberry maybe. Yeah, the, the blackberry and the cran, is it cran raspberry or a little bit stronger? Um, the, don't do the lemon or the lime. I'm sorry. Don't do the lime. It's got no lime flavor in it. That's that's oh. my hot take. What? Um, it, it, it genuinely did not taste of lime. It was a big mess in my mind. But all the other ones I've tried are good. I haven't got my hands on the cucumber one. It's hard to find. If anyone has a tip, let me know. But I, you can get in Stop and Shop now. I mean, you can get in most supermarkets. So Cool. Um, check that out. We all have to purchase some. Give it a I, shot. What Stay I really hydrated. need is a variety pack of this. Well, that you know what I did was uh, to try it out. I just bought one of every flavor. <laughs> I looked like a lunatic carrying out one of every flavor. But I want to try them all. <laughs> And I did. Like so a now case I know, of every flavor? Yeah, one case of every flavor. So now oh, I know what I like oh, and don't I like. I meant one can. Oh, like I opened each box and took out a can. No, 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 no. One eight. They come in eight packs. One eight pack of each flavor. Of all like ten flavors. God. Yep. Uh, my fridge looks insane. Um, okay, Colby. What are you picking? Look at these. Uh, I got these. Uh. Yuffie, is that how you say that? Yuffie? Yuffie? I think so. Um, Yuffie Nightlight things, which well, these are friend great. of the show, Emily's roommate, got some version of them for their apartment. So that's how I found out about them. But the thing that's great about them is, A, they have a light sensor, so they only turn on when it is dark in whatever space they are in. And B, they have a motion sensor, so they only turn on when something is moving in the area of the nightlight. So, like, for example, I put one in my bathroom, and, like, if I get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I don't have to turn on any lights because as soon as I walk in, this thing turns on. I'm in there for some small amount of time and I leave and it turns off when I leave. It's great. I also put one in my closet. It's delightful. Uh, I got the, I got this stick on battery powered ones, allegedly two AAA batteries power it for about a year. 
I would assume that depends on how much you are uh, triggering it to go on and off, but I can report back later on how much that, how true that is. There is also like a plug in one. So if it's going in your bathroom, you have a plug or like a hallway and there's a plug or something, you can just plug it in and it'll work indefinitely. I assume. Um, yeah, it's been great so far though. They come with little like 3M like wall stickers attached to them. So if you want to just stick them on the wall, it's no problem. Yeah, I'm pleased with that purchase. I have I have a, a third one. I got a three pack of them. I have a third one that I haven't decided what to do with. Mm. So what if you're in someone anywhere? else's apartment. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> That's great. If you have suggestions where Colby can put his motion sensor light, tweet at us. Use the hashtag um, blinded by the light. Um, put, it, put it above someone's bed that you really don't like. <laughs> or put it under the bed of somebody you don't like. But then when you're when you're laying in bed, you wouldn't know that it was on, maybe. That's I will say my my favorite feature of my Nest smoke alarm is that it lights up when I walk under mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I, I I do love this idea. I will probably get some of these. These are great. Delightful. Because I because I can look from bed and see when the cat's walking up and down the hallway because he sets off the the motion sensor. Um, do you want that though? Very cool. I do because I want to know when he's approaching. He, I don't hear him when he jumps up on the bed and then I, I roll see. over on top of him. It's not it's not good. <laughs> he doesn't like that. Um, yeah, the Luffy stick on night lights. We'll have the link on our website. Uh, Dan, take us home. Well, I just want to say, Sean, that American Express has reported that contactless transactions are 63% faster on average than cash and 53% faster than using a traditional credit card. So, oh, wait, the credit card company company said credit cards are faster? What? Hold, stop the presses. The, they, they must be talking about the card tapping contact. Mobile wallets are generally much faster than the chips, says the New York Times. Oh, that, 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 that rag. Yeah. Right. Anyways, so. uh, <laughs> I was, I was sick last week. I, was it last week? Was it the week before? I don't remember. It's all a blur. And one of the, my the way I treat myself when I'm sick is I watch documentaries and one of the documentaries I watched was the Netflix Fire Festival documentary, which uh, I knew the outcome of the Fire Festival, and I thought, you know, I didn't know anything else about it. I don't know how much other people generally know about it, but this one was, like, pretty eye-opening, just like the history of the company that put it on mm-hmm. and where the CEO came from and his whole backstory and the different people that were involved in it, all the people who said it was a terrible idea. And then, of course, you know, some on-the-scenes things of what happened when people got there uh, was really good. I heard it wasn't that good, and I was very pleasantly surprised. So check out Fire, the greatest party that never happened on Netflix. Now, are you going to watch the Hulu one and compare them? No. I don't know. From what I read about the Hulu one afterwards, and it, it seemed to me like it wouldn't be as good. Mm. Because, like, it didn't have as much, like, interviews and, like, exclusive footage. But eh, maybe I will. My, my, uh, the last Handmaid's Tale is this week. So my Netflix, my Hulu subscription is on thin ice. So maybe, maybe that'll keep it going. Squeeze it in there. Cool. All right. Uh, fire. You can get that on Netflix. The link to that and all of our picks will be on our website. You can check it out. Don't panic.io. Um, when this one goes live. Uh, guys, anything else this evening you would like to say to the world? No. No. <laughs> Stay frosty. Very forceful in that. Um, quickly, before I plug our own show, I do want to plug one other show, Up for Debate. We just published a new episode this week. We're back after our rapid-fire July, and we're returning, if you listen to our previous Summer Book Club episode, Matt and I each picked a book for the other person to read. Matt chose uh, the book I recommended, which was Bill Bryson's One Summer, America 1927. We both read it, and on this week's episode, we talk about it. And guys, I gotta tell you, 1927, what a year. We go, we got Al Capone, we got Babe Ruth, we got Charles Lindbergh. We've got the talking pictures. Guys, so much going on. It's a great book, and we spend an hour talking about it. If you haven't read the book, go read it, then listen to this week's episode. It's at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Up for Debate. And we're already planning our next Up for Debate presents coming this fall.
um, which will be fun, our next big series. This show, uh, our website, of course, is don'tpanic.io. You can get there and uh, go there, get all the episodes, the audio, the video, the pics are all there. It's a wonderful website. You should check it out. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, you name it, we're there. You can also follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. And as I mentioned, live Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern on Twitch and Facebook. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to be back with more tech news next time. But until then, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I am Sean. Thank you all so much for being here. We'll see you next time for another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.